You're listening to the Deal Farm Podcast with Ken Corsini. Educating, inspiring, and connecting you to real estate deals. And now, your host, Ken Corsini. Hey, this is Ken Corsini with The Deal Farm on today's Best Deal Ever episode. We are joined by Brian Flaherty. He's actually the COO of Global Strategic Business Process Solutions. And he's actually a guy that I met here in the last week or so at a RIA meeting. And I was so impressed with his business, I asked him to come on the podcast. And in fact, I'm actually in the process of engaging their company right now to, to do some projects for me. And so I'm so excited about this company. I thought it was worth sharing with our podcast community. I'm super excited to introduce him to you guys. So Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ken. Man, glad to have you on. This is a, this is an area I'm super intrigued with. And it's an area that actually we use a lot in our business. I've used virtual assistants for years and still funny, even I was just at lunch with a partner of mine talking about how we were going to implement a new process with a, with one of our virtual assistants. I mean, to me, if you're a real estate entrepreneur, even if you're small, there is no reason in the world not to be using or not outsourcing some of the smaller mundane tasks. And so you've actually literally created an entire business around that, which is awesome. I can't wait to get into that. I'd love to know a little bit about you because I know you've, you, you yourself, you've invested in uh, real estate. You've got a handful of houses how did you land with Global Strategic? How did you get into buying houses? Uh, well, I guess first, uh, how did I get into Global Strategic? Because that came first. I was uh, I, I have kind of a diverse background. I'm a medical technologist by degree. I got into medical staffing uh, solutions, and then I got from that into the dot bomb era. I got into a company where I was doing project management and IT uh, related sales, bringing people over on H1Bs and uh, kind of custom solving. Uh, you know, tech, technological issues and, and developing, um, you know, solutions in that regard. Mm-hmm. And uh, took sort of that whole diverse background, sold to one of the primary owners a solution in IT. And at that point, he came to me and said he had this company. He was looking to diversify. Um, he saw my background when, we, you know, we had become friendly. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm a few months away from, uh, you know, merging these two companies, and I'm going to come get you when I do. I want you to diversify my company. And I said, okay, sure, you know. Who knows what that will come to fruition, and sure enough, it did, and uh, good thing, uh, the timing couldn't have been better, I came on board, and, uh, you know, there's some changes in the industry, we can get to that later, but, um, you know, luckily, we were able to go from really being a, uh, a very niche provider to being a very custom solutions provider. Interesting. And so, what year was that, just out of curiosity? That was, uh, geez, seven years ago now, so 2010. 2010, you come over from your existing IT sales and uh, become a partner in Global Strategic, and it, I guess the full name is Global Strategic Business Process Solutions. Inc. Correct. Inc. That is a mouthful, man. So, a, so, what was the business originally? Originally, it was um, it's actually a really cool story. It's founded by a husband and wife uh, who actually run the operation still in Manila. Uh, they had gone over there. They had experience in the default service world, so they were working for a company over here. Uh, that was writing scorecards basically for attorneys who serviced big uh, lenders, you know, Wells, Fannie, Freddie, Bank of America, City, Chase, and, and so on and so forth, and obviously small lenders as well, in strictly in this default space. 
and it turned out they had to stay in the Philippines they, uh, with the child that they adopted longer than they anticipated, so they hung a shingle, um, got the two other partners over here in the U.S. who have a, a, a wide breadth, one being a default attorney and one having experience with Fannie, um, to sign on, and they, they started doing basically paralegal back office work for these law firms to help them with document merging assignments and affidavits and things of that nature, basically everything a paralegal would do. What year was that? When did, when did it eventually? When did it? Uh, coming on its eleventh year now, so that year, so you're, you're coming into, uh, you know, we're we're in our in our eleventh year. Okay. And, so husband and wife goes over there to adopt. They end up sticking around. They're like, well, hey, we're here. <laughs> Let's leverage some of this uh, this labor force. Yeah. And so they hooked up with the, what are now the two two other partners in the in the business. Yep. And then they they subsequently picked up another U.S. Uh, uh, Filipino, you know, a dual citizen uh, person as well who had worked over in the U.S. for about 15, 20 years and then had gone home. Um, so really unique to. So I think uh, what companies like ours or our competitors offer, we have three U.S. citizens with uh, U.S. you know experience who are running our operation over there. So three of the the business partners actually live in the Philippines, where the yep. majority of the labor force is, and they're actually uh, American uh, American citizens as well. Correct. Yeah, my husband and wife, and then uh, and then Drew and Lula, who is uh, you know over here as a citizen. Interesting. And now, where are you based out of? And the U.S. headquarters here is based on uh, Burlington, North Carolina. Okay, so you guys are in Burlington, North Carolina, and how many how many uh, U.S. based folks do you guys have? Uh, we have ten uh, U.S. staff. Um, several of them are remote, including you know some of the uh, owners and who sit on the board, and they're also uh, you know involved in you know networking and business decisions and sales. Gotcha. Okay. So this is a very intriguing space, I think, for real estate investors because we're always looking to leverage our time. The, the mundane tasks that you could pay somebody else five to ten bucks an hour to do, you know, the question is always, why am I doing this when I could pay somebody else to do it? Sure. And when you could pay somebody fifteen bucks an hour in the U.S. versus maybe five to ten bucks an hour overseas, it becomes that much more of a compelling argument to find, you know, to outsource this overseas. Yeah, exactly. Right, we're we're getting more and more into a world of uh, you know really focusing on your core competency and, and how much is your time worth. You know, everyone wants to be the type A personality, and us we all you know it's real estate people in particular, entrepreneurial spirited, right? They're not averse to risk, and they think they can do everything you know uh, their best, and they're they're right. But you know they got to be focusing more on what they do best and less on the, some of the mundane that goes in, goes along with their business practice. Right. Right. So give us a, a give us a quick history. So uh, originally the business sounds like it was formed to work through uh, foreclosure, as, like paralegals, I guess, in the Philippines, working through all the, the B of A and the Wells and the Chase, all those foreclosures. Exclusively, right? So we're very very niche. We were we were basically just doing what a paralegal does for a law firm over here. That's that their client is a, is a is a servicer is a, is a loan originator. Um, and uh, what happened was there was a moratorium. Uh, going on, you know, six years ago now uh, on foreclosures. Basically, in open court, somebody said, uh, you know, that they were robo-signing, you know, rubber-stamping uh, the foreclosure file, which is a big no-no. Uh, each attorney is supposed to review and, and sign off on personally each file that flows through their office. So immediately the breaks were put on, and overnight what we were doing um, was basically eradicated with the stroke of the pen uh, from all the big five and, and Fannie and Freddie, Basically saying, you know, no more offshoring of the work. Of course, one had nothing to do with the other. We weren't well deciding anything, but overnight our business model was gone. 
Um, and so I had been brought on board to diversify us, and I had some staffing background, I had some manufacturing background, I had some IT background, and so um, you know, collectively the company decided to reinvest and kind of re up. We went from you know 200 and I think 25, 250 staff uh, to down to like 13 um, producing staff that were already on other clients outside of that space, and we kept all of our core management teams. So we made that investment too, so I think we stayed with. 29 total employees and now we're built back up to uh 250 plus wow so yeah. literally overnight and this was what 2000 when was that 2010 11, 11 somewhere in there yeah. yeah about six years ago when they when it, when you know it didn't quite happen overnight but you get the idea it was it was a short shakeout to down you know where we over a couple, period of 45 to 60 days we went from that 250 number down to that 13 number and uh, and then, you know, maybe another 60 to 90 days before we kind of re-emerged uh, and, and more generalistic and more diversified uh, attempts. That's crazy. I remember that. I mean, all the whole robo-signing scandal and the foreclosure. I mean, yeah. there, were just, there were just mountains and mountains of foreclosures and paperwork to wade through. So I understand why the banks were outsourcing this. Yeah. And so this is what you guys specialized in. Yep. And then literally overnight, they said, you know what? We're not going to outsource. We can't outsource this anymore. It's all going to be U.S.-based. That's right. That's Were there right. a handful of other companies like you guys doing the same thing? Not, not to the same degree. I mean, there are there are companies that that offer some outsourcing. Um, they tend to be a lot more. Um, I keep throwing that word widgetized. You know, you, you mentioned virtual assistants, and um, there are companies that you know do one thing or the other. We tend to have a, a little bit more of that solutions provider IT project management, you know, uh, methodology behind it, which is something that I introduced, is that we kind of go deep within our client. If you're going to outsource something 7,000 miles away, you know, and we're doing uh, data entry on your paralegal document merging, while you also have accounting problems, you do accounting, sure, we can do accounting. And then, you know, why wouldn't we do that? So we kind of go deep within our client base and offer a variety of services now. So when you guys kind of came out of that, uh, that moratorium, how did you reinvent yourself? Very, very carefully. So it, it's it's a difficult thing when you're known as, as uh, a company that only operates in one space, especially in this industry. So what we what we first targeted was friends, and that sort of gets back into your original question too of how they get into real estate. Um, you know, so you know, in addition to the default files, there's property management, there's title search, there's REO, and then there's obviously real estate agents as well, and and then of course there's servicers and loan originators. So it, in order to stay kind of in the same circles and, and to uh, to tap into or leverage some of our existing relationships, we sort of service the fringe areas of this default finance real estate market that we were in, um, but, you know, offering a different service, not necessarily paralegal services. And uh, and then over time, you know, figured out new verticals that we wanted to get into, like, uh, you know, we work for CPA firms, and the CPA exam is universal, so a CPA here is a takes the same exam as CPA takes in the Philippines, and so they can do the same type of work. Um, so that was another area we sort of dove into was accounting. So you guys have CPAs there in uh, in the Philippines? We do, yes, sir. Actual certified CPAs that are doing uh, accounting and tax work for, for folks sure. in the U.S. Yeah, basically the same type of thing, right? They're doing the prep. They're doing the research. They work for forensic accounting firms. Um and, and provide, you know, the binder portfolio, you know, research and then submit it, you know, back to the client and then, you know, the client reviews it and interacts with their client directly. Crazy. 
So the, the big difference between when we're talking about, and you made this delineation, if we're talking about virtual assistants, it's very different like to go on Odesk or somewhere and, or freelancer and find a, find a one-off versus coming through a company like yours where you have a very highly skilled, highly trained staff. Is that, is that accurate? It, it's accurate. Um, they, they still train on it. You know, it's not, it's not plug and play uh, per se. It's certainly uh, plug and understand. So it's more like orientation than it is training because we have to orientate ourselves to your environment because what we're offering different than Odesk is that um, you have intellectual property protection. And so when I talk to a business owner, that makes more sense. You get a person with Odesk, you're going to pay half of what you're paying, what I'm going to charge you. But, you know, that person's internet goes down or there's some connectivity issues or they decide to disappear for two weeks. Um, you left in a lurch and you're on your own. It's not a whole lot different than if you just hired an assistant who is there today and gone tomorrow and all that intellectual property went with them. Um, by, by doing it the way that we do it, you're making a little bit more of an investment, still a fraction of what you're going to pay here in the U.S. But if I guarantee that this one person could do 10 things a day, you're going to get those 10 things a day, whether that person's on vacation, they're on maternity leave, they leave me. Um, we do that through a variety of cross-training and bench. So the bigger thing for us is that, you know, we, we are turnkey where once you come to us, we create a process manual for the stuff we're doing for you. We send a, a daily report of what we did, so it's fully transparent. The person can sometimes, oftentimes, you know, uses your, your email URL, and on LinkedIn, they, they register themselves as your employee, um, and they're very much an extension of your office, and we don't quite get that with Odesk. I gotcha. Interesting. So, I guess help, help us understand, how does a real estate investor come in and what are all the different ways that they could use a business, a service like yours? I guess some of them are probably scratching their head. Like, well, how could I use, you know, somebody overseas to help in my business? Right. The simplest way to look at it is what are you, what are you typing into a computer um, or, or dialing a phone uh, or, or booking online or going out to uh, some sort of a, a client system like an MLS. I call that, that would be an example of a client system is what, you know, term that we use entirely here. What, what functions and tasks are you yourself doing as a, as a business owner, a business executive, a high-ranking knowledge-based professional, a uh, core competency person within your organization that you really don't necessarily need to be doing? Um, so whether if it's an investor, maybe it's a portfolio research, maybe it's you know, pulling down different properties on Skype or, or Craigslist. If it's uh, a property management, you want to list those properties. You know, those will be functions that we can do. If you have pictures and you have a Dropbox and you take some photos of something you want, you know, attached to your portfolio or, or whatever, then we can upload that. There's graphics teams that we can, you know, create different uh, device, uh, different, um, you know, one-off cut sheets for you. So it really depends. Social media management, if that's a piece. For, for an investor, it's a little bit different. Um, it, it would it would have to depend on whether or not the investor was also you know working or, or having a property management piece after they uh, kind of invest in those properties. But we could gather research and, and put together reports for an investor as well. You mentioned uh, you mentioned phone. Is that a is that a big component? Do you guys have the ability to for you know your your workers to be putting phone calls in? Absolutely, yeah. Um, we do a lot more strategic phone work. Again, just like our back office stuff is very strategic. Uh, we're not. We don't do transcription services, right? You know, if you're a doctor and you're, you know, chiropractic facility, we're not going to do that. That's not what we, what we're about, right? So our phone work is very um, dialed in. So it's a, it's kind of a, a multi-touch uh, campaign is usually where it's, you know, not just phone, but then potentially email or follow-up. So we tend to be a lot more strategic in that. But yeah, we do a lot of phone work. We work for 
some law firms on the general lit side. We, you know, sold solar panels, um, and uh, and we, we work with uh, general marketing and, and lead generation. So cold, I mean, cold calling. I mean, if somebody wanted to implement, you know, uh, like a marketing strategy with some cold calling, is that something you guys do? Absolutely. Yeah. Really yeah. interesting. Um, do you guys have dialer systems in place, or would it be? Yeah, we we use open source uh, dialers. Again, every every client is uh, unique in our space. So for the uh, solar campaign, we were calling into you know Australia. So we, we identify you know different ways and most cost effective ways to call. So we the days of uh, you know buying and investing in a huge PBXs are over. Um, a lot of that stuff is available you know through open source and and voice over IP type protocols. Right. Um, interesting. Well, I know the $20 million question that everybody's thinking is, okay, this sounds amazing. Help us understand what's the cost? What does this look like? And is it different for different types of tasks and different levels of expertise? It is slightly different um, for different types of tasks. I mean, there are some really, really low functions. Um, but, you know, typically what we're, what we're trying to find is that customer that, number one, wants to get some cost savings, number two, wants to gain some efficiency, and number three, really wants to remove some headache, right? So... Um, if you're churning a lot, real estate agents churn front desk and, and back office administrators regularly, right? I mean, a lot of times, especially now, we, I think we even touched on this at the investor meeting that we're at, you know, that this younger generation, these, uh, these millennials, they don't want to work in the mailroom, so to speak, as, as right. a, go right to the corner office. So, um, you know, you want to find somebody that understands that. So you're going to save, you're going to be basically looking at $10 an hour, but, um, and somebody say, oh, well, $10 an hour, that's. I can get somebody ten dollars an hour. No, you can't. You can't get a four-year college degree person for ten dollars an hour who doesn't take vacation or maternity leave. Our people take vacation and maternity leave, but that individual is not who you hire. You hire global strategic. So if that individual, if Brian Flaherty goes on vacation, you know uh, Bobby Jones steps in as a backup who's cross-trained because my trainers cross-train somebody, and your work still gets done. If Brian Flaherty leaves and leaves you in a lurch, that's okay because, you know, Bobby's already cross-trained on the account and he just starts right back in the same day that person left and picks up and you don't lose any of that work either. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're, and then, of course, you're not paying anything else. No one, you, you go from five people to three people because you have to cut somebody. You give me, you know, 30 days notice and that person's cut. No unemployment insurance, no HR headache. Um, you get a new customer and you need five bodies. You don't have to buy five more computers, five more desks, and, and find office space for them. You just tell me you need five more people, and I and I find those people for you. So there's a lot baked into that cost, um, even though you're you know we're we're correlating it to a per hour charge. That makes a ton of sense. So do you have? Is there any sort of payroll associated with this? No, it's it's all invoiced out of the U.S. You pay in the U.S. It's it's headache free. Um, you know, there's ACH direct debit, and you know you get the invoice however you like, and you pay however you want. But it's all here in the U.S., so it's all flat fee based. It's the most simplest uh, invoice process period that there is, uh, and you get metrics driven uh, analysis too. Some companies that we deal with don't even capture their own internal analysis. So you might have five people doing that in your own office, thinking you need five people, but you don't know how long their job is or how much they're actually doing. We apply, you know, daily reports to everything that we take on, and you'll get a daily report that says, this is what I did, this is how long each one of those functions took, and this is the FTE equivalency. And maybe you have five people, but you're tracking a three-and-a-half FTEs worth of work. Well, we're going to reduce by one then for you and, uh, and go down to four. And maybe you have, you know, five FTEs, and you have seven FTEs worth of work, and we're going to look at expanding. So, um, so it's a great tool for companies as far as scalability goes. 
You know, and you make a great point there too, because you think about especially bringing people into an office and the office environment, how much inefficiencies associated with being in an office space. Sure. And you could very well have, you know, four people where the job really could potentially get done by two dedicated people that aren't distracted that right. aren't in that, you know, that social office environment. It's an astute point you just made there too. I mean, the distraction is what I bring up all the time. It's a distraction free environment, right? It's, it's basically, you know, it's a process environment. So, their heads down doing this function as a, you know, no Facebook there. I, I think we talked about it beforehand, uh, offline is that the, the ISO certification, you know, that there's, they have a locker outside of the operation facility. So there's no phones, there's no Facebook, there's no downloading. It's a beautiful office and the uh, ISO certification, you know, confirms that, but no one's off site and the operation is secured. So their heads down getting their job done. So let's talk about that for a second. So even in your logo, you talk about how you're ISO certified. Help us understand what that means. Yeah, I mean, speaking in your language, right, it'd be like the difference between hiring a contractor who's bonded versus hiring a contractor who's not. Um, it's basically a validation that these people aren't, uh, as I made the comment earlier, they're not uh, a, a Nike employee sewing in the dark in, in the Philippines. You know, they're coming to a, a, a beautiful office in Metro Manila. Um, they're checking their purse and their, and their phone outside for the 24-hour security. It's a 24-hour backup generator with redundant, you know, T1 lines coming into the facility to guarantee uptime. Um, and then, you know, all their computers are dual-screen monitor lockdown. So one-way pipe. They don't download anything. And so all your data or anything they're touching is totally secure. Um, ISO stands for International Standardization Organization. And it's an 18-month endeavor to get certified. And you have to get annually recertified. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now that's just huge just to have that peace of mind that knowing, okay, this is this is being okay. done legitimately. It's not some Joe Blow that you hired off of Odesk and you're hoping that he's sitting in his apartment and has connectivity and is doing what he said he's going to do. Exactly. Exactly. You know, again, I'm just I'm thinking through all the different tasks that we do in our business that where we do we we have ten dollar an hour people in our office. And they're good, but you are exactly right. We've had plenty of turnover because that's at that price, it's tough to keep good talent. If they're worth, you know, more than ten bucks an hour, which you hope they are, the chances are they're going to go find in a job paying more than what you're paying them. Right. Imagine this, though, Ken. You know, and, I, and this is where I come in and what I do for my clients is sort of analyze what is what is their back office look like and how does it how do we make this work for you. You don't have a place for them to go either. You have no upper mobility. But in our model, say you're a pretty big shop. And maybe you had five or ten people, you know, you, if you reduce the you know, two or three of those and the sum of the money you save, then you promote one of them to be a vendor liaison, a vendor manager. Now they're a QC and, and, and quality control uh, division and arm that's, you know, monitoring what we're producing and kind of a, a second, you know, set of checks and balances. And they feel empowered, right? So now they're not doing the mundane, they're reviewing the mundane um, and you can promote them and they have a place to go within your organization. Do you, do, you, um, do you see people getting, getting raises after having been there for a while? Our staff or your staff? Your staff. Our staff get raises, but the, we, what you talked about earlier, and again, this is sort of um, what we provide for you, is that you know we have different sets of functions. We have people coming in, they're not quite doing transcription, but there's some really remedial functions, and those might be our ground level, right? So they're coming in at a, at a low you know wage, and it's a pretty low skill position. But you know, within our operation, there's some really, really high-end stuff where they might be doing, you know, really true paralegal work. Uh, if they start to differentiate themselves and they grow up, I might move them off of that account. And that goes back to 
you know, that you're hiring global strategic, you're not hiring Brian Flaherty, um, I'll let you know, hey, Ken, we're moving, uh, you know, Eddie off of your account, but we back trained Timmy and Timmy's, you know, going to come in and do that work and Eddie's been promoted. Or you have the option of keeping Eddie if you really loved him or something like that. Um, and we could talk about reasoning, but I promote within the organization, but I don't pass that cost through to my client. I just get their work done. I gotcha. Well, that's huge that you're, you're taking on the task of, of training other people as backups, not, not me. I, that's it. I teach it's you one time, you create the process. That's it. Yeah. Yes. So again, I'm just thinking for all the real estate investors listening, and my my wheels are turning. I'm thinking, you know, you could you could hire somebody to do all your outgoing marketing campaigns, or you know, I got guys who have scraped MLS and HUD Home Store for deals, mm -hmm. and then and, you know, give them a formula to, to to make offers on, or incoming calls. What if you've got your marketing and your you, can you can your guys handle incoming calls and then enter that information like into a CRM of some sort? Absolutely, we do that all the time. So yeah, we we do, we do outbound calls in order to data populate tax records and things like that too. We did skip tracing, so yeah, we can take and we do take inbound calls. We take inbound calls on orders and things like that, order entry. Um, Could that be during certain uh, business hours and like based on the yeah, US? Yeah, it's customizable. So it's not only um, it could be twenty four hours. So certain certain things. So not, we're, we're talking about calls, right? So that would want to be during your business hours. But uh, maybe maybe not. Maybe you have your business hours covered, and you're looking for a second shift. But that's hugely expensive here in the U.S. You need a second shift manager, and you got to power your office for second shift. So we do that too for some uh, real estate companies where they just want to have call answering after hours, and maybe on the weekends, you know, we're able to take that up. There. Well, that's huge. I mean, that alone, if you compare that to like a Pat Live service. That's I think like a buck a minute. I mean that's way cheaper to have yes. just the availability to somebody answer the phone. Yes, um, and let's fill them up, man. Right, so we're going to solution. So they're also going to maybe monitor your social media page if you have one, or respond to you know some emails, or, or do some other things too to fill it. So they're sitting there and they're they're waiting for that phone call, but maybe volumes like that day we keep a busy. We have them do other functions. Right, right, yeah. Maybe you're scraping Craigslist. Oh, you guys do a lot of po a Craigslist posting as well. Yeah, we do Craigslist posting. We we posted to MLS. Uh, you know, we've done MLS scrubbing. Yeah, we we do all that. Zill search and Zill. I'm thinking even title search. You can teach somebody how to 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 pull title. If like you're going to the auction, you guys have to, folks we, that are done on that. In the past. We are not doing it now, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm dying to get uh, you know a title client because that's it's a it's a perfect uh, task for us to do. Well, especially if you can put together some training. Train somebody how to pull title, and then bam, you're off to the race. You don't have to train them again once, once you guys have it in, in house. That's it. In accounting and bookkeeping, geez, I mean, just the, just the simple bookkeeping. How much do we pay for bookkeeping? A heck of a lot more than yeah. ten bucks an hour. That's for darn sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. I and love it, man. I, I think this is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's to me, it's a no, it's a no brainer. I mean, if you're if you're already. Paying somebody, you know, ten bucks an hour, and you've had the turnover. Maybe, truthfully, you're, in most cases, you're probably paying them more than ten bucks an hour. You're paying them probably twelve, fifteen an hour. Right. But to use and a service like this, you know, you're thirty percent for the taxes and unemployment insurance and all the other things that go into it. You know, there, there's there, there's overhead that's uh, that's fixed in that rate as well for for your here in the U.S. That is a good point as well. You're right. It's not just ten bucks an hour. It's all the other things. Yeah, you're ten bucks an hour versus thirteen dollars an hour. So right there, you're saving thirty percent, even if it was apples apples, which it's not because you're not paying much about vacation and all the other things. I'm sold, man. I like it.
<laughs> I definitely want to have a side conversation when we get done here because there's some I can, immediate places I see where we can plug some of our processes in. Awesome. Um, hey, so you know this the the shtick of this show is your best deal ever. I know that we we didn't really get a chance to talk about all your uh, investment properties, but let's take a detour. Is there a property? I know you've been involved in uh, in real estate for a while. Is there a property that you've done, or maybe even a client that you've seen come come through your doors, where you would consider that like your best deal ever? You know, it, it's I, I have one that I go to a lot, and I don't consider it my. I wouldn't necessarily say it's my best deal ever. I, I'd say because it's outsourcing, I always like to dispel the, the myth that outsourcing is somehow a four-letter word or anti-American. Because what we do is very much different. We're we're leverage shop, right? So I talk about uh, this one client who had was was struggling, right? They they were on the REO side. You know, business in the REO space was declining. There was no shadow inventory to be heard of, and and they were laying people off. And so within the operation, they had reduced by, you know, already half. And, and so the environment was bad and the future was bleak. And we came in and we started to take on some of their reimbursement. So, you know, their accounting and reimbursement filing and bookkeeping and, and basically all of their accounting, but more on that REO reimbursement side. And uh, in, in one year's time, he had tracked internally 50,000 plus uh, what he called preventable loss. And in the in the one year since he had been working with us, that had been cut to eighteen hundred. So we were able to get him back all this money that had otherwise been, you know, unrecovered. And because we applied metrics to what we were doing, we were able to do with three people what he had six people doing. So now instead of laying people off within his operation, um, you know, he was able to stabilize and, and even grow. And and I think he sold off of a division within the company and, and the company's still in existence today, and that was over six years ago. So um that's my favorite story because we were able to, you know, partner with this company and, and we learned something new. We hadn't done REO reimbursement before. There was a lot of training went on. We replicated this back office operation. We put a lot of efficiency into it. We got better at it. And everybody else within the operation was able to keep their job, you know. Um, and so, you know, that was a situation where outsourcing really, really worked in a true partnership and a true leverage situation. That's the one I like to go to. That's very cool. Well, I like the fact, too, that it's – it's not like you're not just going to a single worker and saying, hey, help me with this. It's really more of a consultative approach, it seems like. Here's what I need done. Help me figure out how to put some processes in place and make sure the work gets done. And you guys yeah, approach it like that. It's a partnership. Yeah, I mean, that's a cliche term where people like to throw it out there. But really, that's the way it works best. It, will, will some people lose their job? Yeah, there's some people that maybe didn't need a job in the first place. But ultimately, what you're going to have is a situation where you're scalable, um, you're repeatable, and you're nimble uh, because we're able to be an extension. You go get a big customer, and that influx of business comes in. How do you meet that demand? We've all been in that. You know, we've all been faced with that, right? Where we we sell first and deliver second. Um, you know, we're able to help a company. Once you're in with us, I would say going from zero seats to one seat, there's a little bit of effort, right? But going from one to five, or five to ten, or ten to fifteen, that's a lot easier for me to do um, than it is for you to do, especially in a small office environment. We got to get more space and, and that type of thing. Sure. Is there an onboarding cost? What does that look like? No, we make it so painless. It's crazy. I mean, a lot of companies charge an initiation fee or a setup fee. We do not. So, you know, we go through the initial week or so of go-to meeting sessions, which it's all done through recorded go-to meeting, live interactive sessions, the training. Um, and that takes about a week, usually, you know, one to three sessions, depending on the function. Uh, and that week is free. And then you, it, it, the way that I look at it is you're, you're going to have to be 
willing to accept that these people are going to operate at a 25% uh, proficiency in week one to two, 75% in week three to four, and, you know, 100% by week six, and probably 125% by six weeks plus. Right. Um, so rather than charge you up front, I basically, you know, it's on the job training. Gotcha, gotcha. Very intriguing. And again, for you folks that have even small real estate businesses, maybe you're only doing a handful of transactions, you're looking at bringing on a, an assistant of some sort, man, this might be something to consider. Let me ask you this. Do you guys do part-time or is it always full-time? We, we did, we did part-time for a little while. It becomes a bit of a headache. What I, what I will offer to, to your group is that I, I don't mind pairing them up. Um, you know, maybe there's a, a group of investors that want to get together and maybe five investors only need two bodies. Um, and we would do something like that, but we don't do individuals only because I want to guarantee continuity and I want to guarantee delivery of product. Uh, so what we will do as little as one seat, which very few people will. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I think in a lot of cases you get that one, you get them going, you see how productive they are. And if it's working, then you want to expand and probably add a couple more. That's correct. Okay. That's usually what works. I All right, so let's that. <laughs> Interesting. Well, Brian, so if folks have an interest in global strategic or, or talking with you about bringing on somebody into their team, what is where do they go? Uh, you are talking to the COO, and I will give you my mobile number. That's how much I work. And then uh, so you, they can call me directly, 732-232-4341, or they go to uh, www.globalstrategic.com. There's a live chat agent there, which if you don't have that on your website, you probably should. And they can data capture it and let them know you heard me on the podcast and you'd like to get in touch with me. Let me guess, that person's based in the Philippines. They are based in the Philippines. <laughs> <Shocker>. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, guys, you heard it. If you want to talk to the CEO directly of Global Strategic, he gave out his phone number. It's pretty awesome. 732-232-4341. We'll put that in the show notes as well as, as, well as the website, which is globalstrategic.com. I think it's worth checking out. Brian, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. This is great. Yeah, and I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. No problem. Take care. Hey folks, it's Ken again, and I want to talk to you for just a quick second about becoming a private lender with our company, Georgia Residential Partners. If you've got money right now sitting on the sidelines, maybe it's in a bank account earning less than 1%, or maybe it's in the stock market and you're worried about where the stock market is headed, you might want to consider becoming a private lender with our company. Where you might be getting 1% to 2% on a CD or a money market account right now, when you become a private lender with us, you're actually well into the double digits in terms of return on investment. Again, if you've got money that's not working for you right now, it's sitting on the sidelines, and you want to get it into investment that's safe, that's passive, and has the opportunity to get you well into the double digits, please reach out to me. You can actually contact us through our website at dealfarm.net. Go to the Contact Us page. It goes right into my inbox, and I will reply and set up a time to talk. Thanks so much for listening to The Deal Farm. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care.